Welcome to Bailing, Scaling and Barbecue, where the boys talk about hunting, fishing and cooking. Now to your host, Lawson White. G'day and welcome. Uh, it's Lawson, guys. How are we all? Uh, I've had a little bit of a break, but we're back for season two, and I'm currently at Log Dump Creek in southeast Queensland with my good mate, Dan Henry. So uh, we've just been fishing for the last three or four hours, so we're all sunburnt, half pissed. Uh, we just had dinner, and we thought we'd talk about Dan and I uh, as mates and what we've done in the last 29 years I guess it's basically so uh, everyone I'd like to introduce you to Dan Henry one of my good friends since childhood hello everyone how how are we all today so um Dan and I have known each other since I was in I think yeah since I was in nappies um our parents had the same job we worked uh we didn't work, but our parents worked at the hospital together, and um, friendships kind of gone from there. And we've um, we've had the same interests: uh, fishing, camping, hunting. And I think that Dan and I have been doing. I think Dan has probably the come on the most hunts and fishing trips more than any of my other friends. So um, we'll start off with Dan himself and where he's, where's he's from. So where are you currently living now, Dan? Uh, currently living in uh, in Brisbane. Okay, mate. What are you doing for work? I uh, currently work at Woolworths, and I'm one of the uh, the the uh, the managers over there. Yeah, so you're you're the boss, <coughs> not the boss, but you know you're pretty high up in the the yeah, woolly the, the woolies area. Yeah, not one of the bosses, but yeah, just one of the managers within the um, area. So Dan and I are currently at uh, Log Dump Creek, and we've gone out to film a couple episodes for YouTube. Uh, hopefully, one or two episodes. Not sure how we're going at the moment. Um, We've had a pretty eventful afternoon. We didn't catch any decent fish, but we've got uh, we've got the rods bent, which was great fun. Um, considering I haven't been out for a long time, so um, back to the start where Dan and I it all began. We're um, we used to I think we I don't think we hunted, but we definitely we used to go camping on the Burdekin River. I think mm, there's a couple yeah. of photo, photos of us at the Burdekin River. Yeah, definitely camping and uh, not some oh. We were younger, but we, as we got older, we definitely did start doing fishing together. But yeah, I think we fished on the Burdekin River for yeah. What oh, was it? Grunt, sooty grunner, sooty yeah, grunner. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dan and I used to do a bit of sooty grunner fishing in the um, Burdekin River with Dad and the rest of the, his clan and my clan. So it was it was a, a great little time. But as Dan and I got older, Dan's family moved to Brisbane, and I my family moved out west. Um, so this is more of this episode, guys, is more about of uh, where I come from and where Dan and you know you see you'll see Dan a lot of my f- my footage because Dan normally comes with me most times uh, up north. Dan's always there uh, when we go basically Northern Territory or Cape York. Dan is there because Dan always comes. Uh, Dan Dan's basically is, is is family. So um, we'll we'll start off from the start. So Dan. How did you get into fishing and hunting? Oh, uh, well, mainly through, through I guess your 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 family and my family when we used to fish a lot when we were younger, and then um, as we got older, went away, got small with you and with your old man. Mm. And um, you used to come on our up on our 
and your Cape York trips, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. We used to go up there, um, you know, like once a year. Yeah, we try to go once a year for the for people who don't know my little story, but we'd normally try and do a Cape York trip or a Northern Territory trip every year. Um, and Dan would normally tag along, or his his dad would come along with the brothers, and we'd uh, do. We did the Calvert River. That was probably a. Yeah, that's that was, a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's a that's a trip that yeah. A trip that we want to forget, but we don't want to forget because it was so amazing. Because mm, it was definitely, and uh, yeah, I guess for some it was a trip they came on, and they've never ever been away ever since. Um, yes, yes, that's um, family members there. But we we, we aren't we aren't going to mention names, but <laughs> so on that trip, guys, um, it was I think it was a it was one of those trips where it makes it makes a person or it breaks a person. Uh, it was on Woolagrang Station when it was open to the public. So Woolagrang exactly. is up near Hell's Gate, the Northern Territory, um, Hell's Gate, Dumaji area, beautiful spot. Very little access was granted back then, and there's no access granted now. So um, I think the Woolagrang's been sold to China from memory. I'm not sure. I, I don't follow that too too close. I've um, had a had a chat to Scotty Hayes from Hell's Gate last year, and he said that uh, no one goes on Hell's Gate whatsoever. So um, I have very very great I have great memories from that, but I know mm. my dad doesn't because um, <laughs> Dad's cruiser gearbox shit itself in the middle of a creek. And I remember sitting there with thirty thirty, looking out for Crocs. snapping handbags. <laughs> no crocodiles are shot in this progress, uh, in this situation, people. But we were more worried about human safety than anything like that. Dad's actual car gearbox shit itself in the middle of the um, in the middle of the creek. It so was actually his uh, his uh, his own drive shaft. Drive shaft. There, yeah. So. Um, Yes, we ended up getting towed from Woolagarang all the way back to uh, where we were living at the time, Mudderborough. Um And Dan's dad was driving. What was he driving uh, again? He was driving a um, 19, <laughs> um, 1989 Nissan Patrol. Which, which still which, runs today. And yeah, he's turned into a river in, in the last five years, so, famously. He's only sold, it's one of the, the Henry jokes going around that... that Dan was never going to sell the old Nissan. Uh, not Dan, Neil, uh, Dan's dad. It was uh, a car that never died and always just kept on going. So, um, yeah, so we're having a few drinks around the fire talking about old memories and fun times that we've had. So what what um, what are your memories from the from that little point there, Dan? Calvert River. Or Calvert the River. Stash? Oh, well, you know. Minus that bit, uh, getting dragged out the whole yeah, way. Yeah, uh, definitely can say that. Yeah, there was uh, some things we did when we were out fishing. We probably won't ever ever do again. Um, definitely wouldn't say it's uh, smart to be uh, catching live bait using a drag net in a river river full of cro- uh, crocodiles. <laughs> yeah, we weren't in the water, by the way. Anyway, just so that you know that we were using <coughs> one was on the bank, but it was just the situation that at the time was a little bit silly we won't ever put ourselves in that situation again we kind of didn't see what was in front of us so the person who was on the bank was in a vulnerable position and um we would wake up in the morning and i don't know if you remember this dan but it was about calvert river Wallagrang station was about 20 years ago am i correct yeah about 18 or 20 years ago so we'd go up there we we drove in it was basically, in my mind, 
it was Jurassic Park. Um, as I remember seeing a couple of pigs and they're all over 80 kilos. Um, dingoes are running around, brumbies and all that. Um, and it was a great learning experience because it was just like you're in the big world um, of the Northern Territory. And I do remember seeing the straightaway we were driving in crocodiles. And I not mean one or two, I mean like it was the Bruce Highway. Uh, the, the Carver River was just lit up like you wouldn't believe with crocodiles going up and down. It was an amazing sight and even in the morning when we woke up it was that was when it was most epic to watch. You'd I uh, like we didn't have video cameras, we didn't have anything like that at the time. And there was no one else camping around around us other than a guy who, and his couple of his mates. They were camped about five or six Ks away from us and small world we actually knew the people um friends of friends of ours and the amount of crocs that were there was ridiculous and we had a few um learning curves so to speak um we we caught a couple barra uh we lost a couple fish so to speak but dan what what did you learn from that trip because i remember you know, Dad, for example, having to drive all the way back to the station, trying to get someone to come tow us out. But what what do you learn from that trip, mate? Um, I guess um, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, like uh, what a what um car you have, because you could have the the world's most flashiest brand new brand new four wheel drive, and it could do it could also die, or you'd have an old piece of crap and it could break as well. So, I guess you know. You also learn that there's when things break down, um, you know, you just don't it's act, deal with it. Eh? Yeah, you know, you, you don't act like the world's going to win. You know, you got to move on. So yeah, I guess you know, and that's what we did. Yeah, um, well, dad, dad just sucked it up and he drove all the way back. It was um, just for uh, an idea, guys. The Woolagarang at the time, I don't know how big it was. I think it was over a million acres. Mm. We drove 12 hours to get 100 kilometres. That's how bad this track was. And um, when Dad's drive shaft went, we were only 10 k's from the campsite. Um, so Dad drove back in the Nissan Patrol. Was it Patrol? Mm. Yeah, so we drove back in the Nissan. Dad, by himself, drove back in the Nissan Patrol to get um, to get help. And then drove back out. And only had two days. with. Um... So, yeah, as a child, I was, I think I was... 10, 12, 11. Yeah, you're probably about 10. Yeah, as a child now, oh, as a child now, as an adult now, I wish I actually went with Dad because I didn't realise how lonely he would have been doing the drive by himself and how stressful it would have been. Mm. Um, not that a 10-year-old could help much, but um, if I had my time again, I would have jumped in the car with him. But at the same time, I think I was the only person that could use a gun at the campsite. Was that correct? Um... Because I looked at, as I had to feed the dogs, I did. Yeah, you were there. You'd been, I guess, probably the most, I guess, trained. Um, <laughs> trained, yes, yeah. It's trained probably isn't the right word, but person well, yeah. had had the most like um, experience in those sort of areas. Because mm. um, yeah, like my family, you know, didn't really. Well, you guys had moved to Brisbane by then, so you, and oh, and yes. your your family were not. You know, you guys weren't like us. We were living out west, and we—I knew about gun safety. We were—I was put into it. You know, I was only ten, and I was, yeah, you know, right. shooting 
wishing I was John Wayne, but no, I'd get flogged if I was pretending to be John Wayne. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, Dan and I. Um, I guess another thing I also learned is, um, yeah, apparently if you if you want to know a, a quick way to get a um, drink cold, you just go put it into a creek. You know, uh, <laughs> into a creek which is full of sand and fresh water, and yeah, you can even get a, a beer cold in, in about five minutes. Funnily enough. Never ever thought that you could do that, but I also learned that on that trip. Yes, we had hot piss, everyone. For and I was ten, so I wasn't drinking. Um, but for the uh, for the older crew, Dan's a couple of years older than me. Um, the fridges and ice, we'd all run out of ice by then. Uh, we're not working, so Dan actually Dan's dad, who's actually a doctor, um, he took down a couple of um, very hot beers. And chucked him into a freshwater stream that was running down the stream, running back into the Kelvet River, and that cooled the beers down quite well, actually. And um, I remember we were all amazed. It was—I know it sounds dumb, and it, it sounds dumb just talking about now, but uh, <coughs> it definitely works. You got hot, hot beer, and it tastes like shit. And you got nothing cold. Take it down to the creek, tr- put it in the mud. And it'll cool it down quite quickly. Yeah, so, so you don't actually just put it in, in into the water and just watch it float around. Yeah, you know, you've got to put, actually like hold put it, it down. Yeah, good, so, good for about ten minutes, and apparently mm. it comes out really cold. So Dan, there's a <coughs> excuse me, everyone. So yeah, there was a couple of years there, Dan, where we we do our regular trips. So we went from the Kelvet to um, Pennyfather. Yeah, so that's up up in a weeper. Yeah, tell us about Pennyfather, Dan. Yeah, so um, once again, we did a put a few trips. I'd say probably the the first Chevy went was probably the best trip. Yeah, it was pretty. Um, I remember that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was pretty cool. That was another trip, and uh, you know, it broke some people, and <laughs> some people never ever came back. Um, but yeah, that was probably one of out of all my uh, penny 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 father penny father trips. Yeah, I definitely say that's probably the best one. It was um yeah, it was a nice little crew to run along, and um we caught some great fish. That yeah, time. And we had a one of luckily enough to for to our knowledge, we had a. A guy there that was a uh, pro was, fisherman. He was a pro fisherman slash pro crabber. Hmm. So uh, yeah, he actually had some really good marks here in the reef, and um, yeah, we got some great fish up there. Do you remember when we drove in? Do you remember that bit? I remember we were driving in. I was in Dad's cruiser, and you know that you guys were behind us. Mm. And Dad goes, and I didn't realise what it was, but we were driving in to everyone who knows Penny Father. It's quite sandy and beachy, and it's a um, beautiful spot from memory, 60 to 80 k's north of Weeper. Um, I think the mines keep the roads in good nick. Anyway, so we're driving to Penny Father, and there's this crocodile that would have been easily four, four and a half, you know, four meters, uh, about a meter wide, probably longer, you know, probably wider, but I don't know, I'm not, not great with measurements. And I mean, for me, who living in Murrayborough in central Queensland, who doesn't see a crocodile, you know, for 12 months, this thing slowly moved off the off the uh, off the riverbank, and it was just ginormous. Do you remember that, Dan? I do. Yeah, it was it was bigger than what what we actually thought it was. And me being a dick, um, we had Dan's brother Simon and Chris um, brothers, and um, me and my younger brother, uh, sorry, my older brother Tyron, were, were being a bit of idiots, and we drove over there in the tinny, which the tinny was only twelve foot from memory. Yeah, it was about that. Yeah, so 
We are drinking, guys, so we apologise for uh, the burps and the hiccups. So, anyway, so we drove over this crocodile, which was about four metres, four and a half, with a little tinny, uh, 12 foot of tinny. And um, I'll never forget Simon's face. It was white as a ghost, shitting bricks. Um, The thing went in the water, and Simon basically was about to start crying. And um, yeah, we we got out of there because we didn't want, you know, didn't want any dramas. But. We were all safe inside the tinny, but this crocodile made the tinny look very, very small. Um, and I think we actually, when we went down to the sandbank, about a couple of k's down the road, there was a one even wider, a bigger, yeah, bigger was, slide. That was pretty close, but like at least like, like five and a half meters. That one. That was huge. That, that croc mark. That was monstrous. Never saw the croc, um, but we saw a lot of pigs stop pigs walking in and out of out of the creek up there. Um, hang on, I'm just trying to have a beer. I open my beer up, hang on a sec. I'm not pausing it. It's, uh, we've got the fire going, if you can hear the fire, guys. We've got generators going in the background. Um, yeah, so I do apologise for my break over the last couple of months. Um, <laughs> now we're back in season two now. Uh, I just have to get my life sorted. Dan's just sorting at the fire. Anyway, so we went from Penny Father, Dan. How many times did we do Penny Father in a row? Um, well, I came with you. Um, I was... came with you at least uh, three times. Yep. But um, I think there was a little trip that I didn't come on. It was just you and your old man and um, uh, and your mate um, um, Barrett. He oh, came yeah. on that trip. For people who don't know the Barrett, it's a dad's mate. It's a professional fisherman. So. Um, we would do trips with Trace Cronin, yes, and um, a friend of ours, Barrett. We'll just call him Barrett for now. Um, and they're Dad's good friends, so we do regular trips to what was the other one? Lemon Bite. Lemon Bite. <coughs> we yeah, went to Lemon. Lemon was a great trip. Yeah, that was that was great. Right. That's, that, that's you were there at the first one, hey? No, I came on the first one. Yeah, you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when that's when we um. Oh, we got those good hogs. Yeah, so went to Lemon, and that's when we actually realised who actually wanted to actually come away. We um, yeah, we uh, didn't bring the uh, boys anymore. When yeah, he, no, when he, when he, when he, when he brought the bed that time, we um decided who who was allowed to come and who wasn't allowed to come. Mm, that trip decided the men from the boys. Um, and um, it's it actually still does to this day. So it was a great trip that one. It was um, a great trip. Um, yeah, so I, Lemon I Bite it. for people who don't know, Lemon Bite is near up near Boralula. That's saying it correctly. Um, so you go across the Barclay Homestead, you get turn off there, and you head up towards Boralula. Um, beautiful part of the country. Um, yeah, so we we just go fishing there. Yeah, yeah, we did fishing and we did we did a bit of crabbing. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just fishing and crabbing. Um, there, it's a great spot to do that. So we, um, I think, can we meet a barrow did we get that time? I think we got none. But the second trip we got... Um, yeah, no, the, the first trip was more just about finding, find, yeah. finding the land. Yeah, so for people who who um, would like to do some homework, Google Maps, Lemon Bite. It's a massive river system. Um, I think it had me Ks from the front, 10, 15 Ks to the front. So we, we I don't think we even reached the front the first year. No, the first year we didn't. Um, the second year we reached the front and we had obviously upgraded our gear and we'd 
bought more fuel and it was it was a big planning trip and that's what we'll talk about now guys is planning these trips and um for example what we've brought on our camping trip this weekend um so we've gone away we've driven for three hours for you dan four hours Ah, uh, yeah, for me it's about, yeah, probably about, uh, yeah, at least probably uh, three hours, three and a half. Yeah, so we've, we've come, <coughs> excuse me, we've come from, um, I'm at Beer, we're in Dan's in Brisbane, so we've come down to just outside Tin Cam Bay from memory, and we, we yeah, but anyway, we're camping at Log Dump Creek, but we just want to talk about, and I'll be talking about in the YouTube channel, um, campsite. Um, I went hunting couple of months back with a couple of guys and these guys were sleeping on the floor and that's each to their own but I'm not a glamper I'm not a camper I'm just someone who likes to be organized and and you know Dan and I have caught, kind of got this down to a, a fine art so to speak so Dan's got a Toyota Hilux 2017 model um, you know dual cab so it hasn't got a huge tray and Dan and I have both got 4.6 meter boats, so either one we take, we take either one's boats. Uh, this trip we got Dan's tinny, um, and we went out today and did quite well. Uh, but this time we've just uh, we're doing a bit more crabbing. So Dan, what I'm going to ask is what what do we normally pack? Because we we kind of do the same shit over and over again. We don't even need to talk about it to be honest. We just do it. Um, yep. What do you what do you bring when we go up just for a weekend, and what do we bring up to a Cape trip? Because it's basically the same thing. Yeah, so when we so obviously when we go away for a weekend, we always we always just bring up the uh, always bring up the uh, the um, um, Hilux. Um, always bring up a boat. Um, we have, and then in terms of camping, I guess um, we have two um, pop up um, shade things. Yep. Tarp for the floor. Yep, tarp for the floor. Um, and one of them, we've also got a um a um room kit, so yeah. it's, it's great for the mozzies. And when you're away, and you don't get now the night time. Explain that a bit more, Dan. What is it? So it's a it's called a, a room kit. Yep. So it's uh got a um mesh floor, and the sides are basically made of high mesh. Yeah. So um, it's mosquito net for people. <coughs> Dan's trying to say it's actually mosquito net. It's basically the same so, thing. Same thing, but you just can't. Um, it, it keeps the wind in and out. The wind's coming, and um, but it's to stop the mosquitoes. Yeah, so we generally take uh, two of the two of the uh, pop-ups and one which has that on it. Um, tables and chairs, uh, swags because we don't like tents because they they take too long to put up. Well, it, because they, the reason with the pop-up guys is um, we take the the, the, the fly net well, I'll call it the fly net we'll take the fly net because we put we we sleep in swags but we sleep on stretches so the stretches let the wind go underneath us with the um, the fly net so the fly nets are keeping the pop up nice and open and I'll take some photos and you can check out the Instagram Facebook page um, the way the camp's set up very basic two pop ups uh, tarp on the floor so we're not getting <coughs> you know dirty feet and all that kind of shit um yeah, so that's that's the way we're doing it. It's, it's very easy, it's very quick. Two tables, one for cooking, one for, for the dry foods. Um, and basically, <coughs> so the other one's for just um, cutting up food, chucking on the barbecue, very quick. Everything's organised. Um, 
And have anything in, in containers, hey, Dan? You've got everything in boxes, don't you? Yeah, everything in boxes, which all those lids. So, um, lids you can zippy tie down. Yep, so it's great for, and then, so it's great for, like, if you put them on the back of the ute, um, don't worry about dust and water and bugs. All the bad stuff getting inside. Getting in. Um, and then also, I guess it's great for a camp because you've got a lid on yourself, so if you go fishing, then you don't worry about birds and. Mm, yeah, well, that's the other thing is we've. Birds and uh, galanas and <laughs> yeah. whatnot going through your camp. You come back and oh, oh I've been going to eat now. Mm. Um, and also, yeah, I guess you know just normal. So we, if we're going fishing, we just take just like rods and reels. On this trip, we've also brought, brought up some um, crab pots. Um, we'll, we're getting that a run. Yeah, we'll give the crabs a run. Um, we don't feel very promising at the moment. No, and but so everything's all about having. And then um, yeah, so also we always have a fire, so. Depending on where we go, we sometimes have to bring some wood. Sometimes there's wood there. Yeah, we've had to bring wood up to Log Dump for people who would like to come to Log Dump after us. Seeing Rich. the photos, you'll have to bring... Oh, you don't have to bring your own wood, but it'd be easier to do it because there, there are quite a few campers here. Tonight we are sleeping with one, two, five, five um, other campsites camp around us. And, so. and, and they're all having fires. So. And they're all having fires, yeah. And um, I guess, yeah, in terms of our cooking gear... Um, yeah, normally we take up a um, a um, camp oven, um, hot plate, and a hot plate. So that's the same as just using the plate off your barbecue at home. But don't just take it off your barbecue at home. You have to go and buy the right one. Um, and I guess you know, in terms of keeping your food cold, well, yeah, we've mm, yes. Well, talk to yeah. us about your solar and your angle and like, cause um, you're pretty sorted with this. So let's talk about your camping and solar setup Dan? Yeah, so with the the solar, so um, you go and buy our solar panel. You can buy them in different sizes depending on how much power you want. And um, so I use my solar panel and I run my uh, my fridge, which is a angle. Um, so do you that, leave it in the car or do you... So how's, it, how's the, yeah, the battery system work? Yeah, so with the, the Hilux it's got two batteries, so one's obviously your main start battery and the other one is for running your angle or your camping lights or whatnot. So with the solar, you just plug it into your second battery, and um, and then your fridge you plug into into in, in, in onto the back of your Hilux. So mm. um, and then so when you're fishing all day or if you want to go away, you can use and then or if you're sitting at camp, you can have your fridge running all day or you can run up. To, Last time I went away with, with another mate, um, I had uh, two angles going, running off running off solar, and so we just used to put it onto solar in the morning, and go fishing, and then come back, and then everything was cold, and then you can also charge things off it as well. So obviously, uh, for those who don't know, solar only works when the uh, sun's out. So if it's raining or if it's raining, then it's not going to work. If it's cloudy, it won't work as well. But I guess solar is. Uh, easy way to have power and not not damage your own batteries damage so. your own battery or you know have to cut around extra mm. um SKs and, and stuff like that. yeah so if, with a fridge you need to run it off power obviously so if you don't have it um you know a second battery or solar then you have to have like a generator or you gotta, gotta cut SKs, which means you have to go and buy ice every three days which when you're Mm, miles from nowhere it's not going to work then it's a waste of time so yeah so I mean for me like and for 
And for Lawson there, it works great if you want to go away for a weekend. Yeah, so so Dan has a second battery, a dual battery system set up, and he hooks it onto his ute. He uh, chains it to his ute so no one steals it. And um, the dual battery will just run off the solar. So what he's doing is basically the dual battery is being trickle charged from the solar and the battery's, the solar is feeding into the battery. So he's never losing his charge uh, and he doesn't have to run the car. Um, that's the best way I can explain it. Um, and that's another term, another way of putting it. But Dan's ran two fridges while doing that off the solar and from the energy readings we're getting off the battery during the day, uh, sorry, off the solar panel, uh, it's over the, I think it's the 13 watts. I, th- I don't know anything about this stuff, but from what I've been told, it has to be over 13 watts to start a car. Uh, uh, volts. Volts, volts, whatever. So, yeah, so <coughs> um, it's working very well at the moment. Um, it's it's doing its job. So, anyway, um, we don't know much about that topic. Dan, Dan's, it's working for Dan and it's doing its job, but we've got the pop-up tent. We've got the... Um, fly net which uh, keeps all the, the bugs out which is, makes us comfortable sleeping on the stretches but Dan what, what kind of swag do you have mate? Uh, mine was bought from uh, from um, from this local camping shop in Brisbane but it's uh yeah it's I've actually changed mine a bit so it came with a very uh, thin mattress and um yeah so I've, it's, a, um, it's a custom made basically yeah so you can basically just buy any sort of swag you want and just do whatever you want on it. So they generally come for a fairly thin mattress, but I didn't. I didn't like it after the first one of my first trips away with uh, Lawson, um, camping, and it got very un- uncomfortable. And so I went down and just bought a bigger mattress, and I haven't had any heading problems since. So yeah. So you, you've you've got a a nice canvas for the keep the wet the weather off the off yeah, the mattress. Yeah, that's right. Um, <coughs> I've gone for the King's one. I'm not a fan of it to be honest. Uh, this is my second one, and I will be getting a. I will be getting my own custom-made one. Um, I've got a. I've got already got one, but it's a bit small for me. I've, I've grown since I was twelve. Um, so I've, I've got a canvas one like Dan, but I'm going to upgrade and get a big boy one um, soon. So I'm a tight ass basically. That's the the problem there. Um, any sp- any swag sponsors? Give us a shout. Um, so Dan. What's the plan tomorrow, mate? Oh, it's fine. We'll um, go out early. Oh, um, Jesus. It's a bit, a bit early for that, isn't it? To think about that. Well, <laughs> early is in the, yeah. the next, like... Yeah, yeah. So we're going to... For what the plan is at the moment, Beavles, we're going to... Um, time right now is... What is time? Nine o'clock. So we're going to um, get up early, head out to the front at Log Dump, manage to not hit a sandbar, uh cast net around get some live bait and we'll just see what we can do um we've got plenty of rays and stingrays and shovel noses today so we really want uh something with actual eating quality so we're looking for mackerel jack finger mark um and for the pots yeah we're gonna, we're gonna pull the pots in might do them on the way home um and come back have some brekkie and yeah go from there so uh, any closing thoughts, Dan, on you know, this this wonderful night? We're under the podcast under the stars, we should call it. I mean, what what I will tell what I will tell everyone is, um, I guess if you go and somewhere you don't know what there is, 
Um, I guess always take your own water because you can turn up and there's no water there. Mm-hmm. Um, Same with, I guess, toilets and stuff. Do you notice? Bring, bring a. If you're camping, obviously just bring a um, shovel and bring some toilet paper. Okay. Well, let's let's go. What <laughs> what should you always bring, no matter what? Well, I would also well, minus all the camping gear that we've, that we've said. Yep. Um, obviously bring water. Um, basically just bring enough for how many days you're going for. Um, bring a shovel. Um, bring an axe, I guess, or some sort of cutting device for wood if you need to cut up some firewood. Um, uh, probably just bring like a torch or something if you if you don't have lights. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, we, we we you've got about ten torches from what I've seen. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, just have some, you know, I guess like some canned food or something that you can. Yeah. I mean, like depending good... on where you're going. So if you're going like add bush, you know. Well, we have... we did cross two uh, two big creeks, so yeah, very so good just point have, there, guys. Have something there, you know, you can just have it in your camping box. Um, obviously, just make sure that this is actually still in date. It's not rusty before <laughs> before you go away, or you might die. Yeah. But um, you know, just have something so you know. If you're going to get stuck somewhere for a couple of days, you know, you can just put on the fire or something or yeah. cook it on the gas, you know, and say that you aren't actually going to die. Yeah. No, very good point. Um, yeah, we, we've been stuck a few times, so we don't want to, um, yeah, we've, you live and you learn from your stakes. So, and um, we've definitely, for example, uh, Dan's uh, car a couple of years ago, Oh yes, um, yes. Thanks, th- thanks, Lawson, for, for, for bringing that up. <laughs> okay, well, you got to remember that Dad, Dad's Dad's car died too. So Dan's car broke down. Um, it was fine. We fixed it. It got home. It was no dramas. Um, and that's why you always have someone who can do some mechanical work. Mm, yeah, and yes. we had we were just very lucky at that trip. We had a mechanic. Um, but to the point was, Dan got himself out of that shit and that was a shit because his radiator was absolutely screwed but Dan had brought enough spares and enough um, tools tools and equipment to get us out of the shit Um, we basically patched that radiator up and we got to the camping spot and we had our two weeks there had a time of our lives and we got back Uh, we didn't have any air con but well that's okay yeah, we we hardened up when we got home. That was a that was a great trip. We had wind burned by the end of it. Yeah, the windows. I down. guess that'd be the other piece of advice, guys. Is um, depending on where you're going, if you're going to be going out in the sticks, um, carry spares. <clears throat> always carry spares. You know, go and see your local uh, mechanic. Yep, mechanic. They'll, 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 they'll always give you some advice. They'll tell you the basic ones to need. Um, I guess and always um, you know, just just take some like basic tools. You know, you don't have to take every tool out of your shed. No. Um, and like honestly, like when that happened for me, I didn't have very great tools. Like I had basic tools. I just had like some spanners and some sockets, I think. And um, I lost my drink then. I was getting starting to get oh, stressed. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Lawson here, he's he's I'm getting a bit worried at the moment. I lost my marlin. So. But yeah, so like I guess in terms of spares, you know, just go down and see your local mechanic. And um, if you turn a trailer, you know, just make, just make sure <laughs> that you always take bearings and grease. Yep. Um, and something you can, if you, especially if you're on the side of the road, like a dirty old road, you know, just have like a, like a, tarp, a tarp or a ground sheet, something that's, that's clean. Yeah. 
Um, and it, there's plenty of YouTube YouTube clips on how to do bearings. And I, yeah, and if, a lot of them don't I, tell you that you need a ground sheet because and, you yeah, don't do that on the side of the road. Yeah, and if and if you're really smart, what you do is um, you actually go and get a another actual hub for your trailer, and you put the bearing in there, so you have a whole complete set. So when you break down on the side of the highway and it's 405 at, at lunchtime, what you do is you just take off the whole hub and you just put the new one on and you're done in, in, in about five minutes. Mm, um, so changing a bearing on the side of the road. Which, which can take many hours and it can then also, if it if, collapses... If you're not experienced. Yeah, if you haven't done it before, you think you might have done the right thing and then you can go... You know, 10, 10 k's down the road, it can then also mm. collapse, and then thing, and yeah. then you're in a huge pain in the ass. So, I guess the, the point of that story is, um, be prepared. Yeah, have you know, everyone might laugh that you brought along some spanners and you brought along some sockets and um some stuff, but I guess didn't you get a Bundy? What well, was it, Bundy? You went to? You went to Bundy and you got to Childers, didn't you? Mm. No. It's, so anyway, you're driving up to north. You're driving up north with the Alpha, and you got to Childers and you had all the spares in the back and. You basically pulled up, and um, the mechanic said, "Oh, it'll be a, a day before it all comes." Yeah, so, and you had, so it, you had yeah, it on you. Yeah, so what happened was I was going up north with the old man, and um, yeah, I had another car problem, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, I had a couple of spare parts that um they needed to fix it, and so instead of taking two days, it only took about like I think it was around about two hours. So um, it was something easy, but you just the part was needed. It was, and it was you a, had it. Yeah, it was a very easy fix, and conveniently I had it because I ha- I had had the the problem not, not long earlier on another trip I think that maybe you'd been on yeah okay um, but yeah I guess all we can say is um, when you plan to when you plan to go away obviously if you're going down over to over to, to a beach for a weekend you wouldn't pack as much um, but if you don't want to do like a big northern trip then um, yeah always pack spares because you can always bring them back exactly um you know, it's it's the same with food, and you know, when you get older, you, food you know, and water can always come back. Food and water, when you get old, if you want to have a couple of drinks at night time, you know, you, you can you, you can always bring back a can of beer. You yeah. know, you don't be on the sticks, and it's uh, you know like five hours until you can go to, to the next bottle shop. Yeah, or, is what or we're saying. Or like any of the above. Be prepared is the plan. So. <clears throat> All right, everyone. So thank you for listening to episode. One season two. Uh, I apologise for the huge delay. Um, had to get me life and track, but we're um, all sorted, and I'm very glad that we're back. And we are. Um, I'll be getting McTy, good mate of mine, fishing. Uh, he fishes North Queensland. McTy, uh, a hopefully a Central East um, hunter. I'll be talking to a few of those guys. Um, I've got a few people I'm talking to about podcasts. I've got a bow hunter lined up. Um, so this season's looking pretty good. Got to talk to a couple of big names, um, see if they can give me half an hour of their time. But uh, season two's back. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to YouTube, You uh, Hunt, uh, Instagram, or the podcast, hit that subscribe button and uh, like and share so I apologize for this episode it's a bit uh, rusty because um, we're just sitting around the campfire having a beer and I believe that's how it should be done (laughs) personally Um, and you know we're having a good time and um, like I will take some photos of where we are sitting right now because we've got a fire 
less than three meters from us. Um, the Utes, you know, radio is on, less than ten meters from us, and we've got the boat, barbecue. Uh, yeah, we've got the whole setup. It's all nice and we're comfortable, and um, yeah, I reckon this is the the life. And and I think the best part of it is that it didn't take long to set up. Only about like ten fifteen minutes, really. Yeah, it was pretty hot, but we got it done within you know under half an hour and that's what you want two pop-ups take, should take less than five but for um for the the viewers that are back i appreciate oh so the viewers the listeners that are back i appreciate you coming back uh, i don't edit these podcasts i don't believe in um editing the whole podcast i just think it's um i you're gonna get the raw you want it raw you want to you want to see what we're talking about and um, this is me and Dan at the moment uh, from Log Dump Creeks and thank you everyone for listening and season two is back and back on track. Thank you very much. There you have it guys, there's another episode. Don't forget to hit that like button, uh, share, find us on Instagram, Facebook uh, and don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. So thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time.